When Curtis came to Cazelle's stand on her <laughs> opening night, he had a request. He wanted a hot dog with cream cheese, chili, and cheese. After taking a bite, Curtis was hooked. He asked Cazelle whether she would name the hot dog after him. I told him, I'm not going to name it the Curtis dog. That sounds dumb, Cazelle said. And he goes, well, they call me the Dirty Curdy. And I said, oh, Lord, help me. Don't tell me why, and I'll name it after you. <laughs> My God. Welcome to Can't Let It Go, a show about the things stuck in our heads. My name is Matt, and I use he, him pronouns. I'm AC. I use they, them pronouns. And uh, today, AC is going to tell us all about regional hot dogs. Hey. Um, <laughs> it, I, I, I have a hunch that this like will probably be... Uh, it's, it's going to be involved because I know you and I know you and want to talk about regional hot sure. dogs. I have strong opinions. Right. But in terms of like preparation and like deep lore there's not I, I i guess there's there's history is lore so maybe i'm totally wrong don't worry matt we'll start with the hot dog that started it all for me <laughs> okay <laughs> sounds <laughs> it's good. literally what the title section in my notes is the hot dog that Great. started it all <laughs> awesome. uh before we do that I am bringing a couple nuggets to the show. The first I want to say, I, and I told AC, I have a nugget that is the most Matt nugget of all time. I'm ready. And it is that Magic the Gathering, Wizards of the Coast, announced on October 23rd mm-hmm. that they are going to be collaborating with Marvel. Wow. So I don't know if you know this, but like Magic has like branched out of its own lore and started this thing called Universes Beyond. Yeah, this is how you got the mountain goats. Yeah, they had well, so the mountain goats did a secret lair where they just like did 10 different mountain cards. But yes, a lot of secret lairs are in this quote unquote universe beyond thing where they did like a Stranger Things secret lair, right? Um, But in like just regular product you can buy at the store, not in their like sort of like weird drop thing, right? That they do. They've had like Warhammer and Lord of the Rings, which is how I got into magic, was through the Lord of the Rings product. Or because of the Lord of the Rings project, sure, I should say. Sure. And they did a Doctor Who set recently, which I know I've texted oh. you about. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Yes, I remember this. A lot of like old school magic fans are not happy about this in the way that like fans can be gatekeepy, right? Sure. I also understand that that's not the inti- that's not the only reason not to like uh, something coming into a, a thing that you enjoy. I get that. I'm not yeah. trying to say everyone who dislikes Universes Beyond is is a, a jerk. But what it has done is bring a lot of people into the game, myself included. Sure. But the sort of joke every time they announce one, like they're doing an Assassin's Creed set, they're doing a Final Fantasy mm. set. The joke has always been, it's just a matter of time before we get a Marvel set. And like, I don't know, we like just like woke up one morning and this video had <laughs> dropped. <laughs> and yeah, I am frankly, I'm actually kind of excited about it. It sounds like it's coming in 2025 and there's apparently multiple tentpole sets which is like this whole thing so many people have like dove into that what that means basically means it's like one of the biggest sets of the year is going to be a marvel set which is kind of a big deal because it means it's like kind of shifting focus from some of the more actual like magic the gathering lore sets which frankly they've already done with lord of the rings this year yeah um a lot of a lot of folks 
don't like the idea of like, I'm playing magic and like 11 is who that person's playing and I'm playing mm. Aeolin and you might be playing, I don't know, the guy from Evil Dead who was a recent Secret Lair Universes Beyond card, right? Sure. And, and like now somebody's been playing Iron Man and I'm like, I get that that is frustrating. And also like for me personally, I, I have always felt like Magic the Gathering didn't really have like well-established lore and I have intentionally tried to dig into it to like kind of combat that for myself since I've gotten into magic and it's real it's real obtuse yeah it's pretty dense <laughs> yeah I'm happy for the, for the people that can enjoy that and can sort through it but it's like one of one of the reasons I didn't get into magic for a long time is because I was like this like art and this lore is not speaking to me right yeah so it's like kind of fine for me the person who liked universes beyond to begin with that I'm like oh that's fine it doesn't really mess up my my experience with it yeah I have a number of friends who are really into magic and a friend who's specifically like a misprint collector of one specific card. And I, I, he has talked to me about it before and I just, I love him so much. I love listening to him talk about it so much. And I also retain basically zero information yeah. <laughs> every time because I'm like, okay, wow. How does yeah. that happen? What does that mean? And I just in one ear and out the other, um, so I'm excited for you um, mm -hmm. and I'm excited for you, especially as you said, you know, this is like a card game that you got into in part because like you were looking for alternatives to Marvel Snap. And so this is like an so that's the reason it's the most piece. map thing yeah. is like it's full yeah. circle for me. I started <laughs> with Marvel Snap I like and, and was intentionally detaching myself from that game, got yeah. to Magic the Gathering and now Magic the Gathering is going to have Marvel characters, which is Exciting. just this full circle moment um, for for Matt. Hell yeah. Um, just foreshadowing for uh, <laughs> the next time that we record, which AC told me they'd started playing Marvel Snap recently, and I, they did not understand what that was going to unlock in my brain. Yeah, yeah. I will say, like, very casually, like, sometimes, every now and then, when I'm bored and I've done all of the puzzle, all of the crossword puzzles and word games and everything else that I'm doing, and I'm having my little brain veg time um, at the end of the day, watching my watching my soaps. Yep. Um, which are what I call my um, serialized um, crime <laughs> shows that I watch that are actually so bad. <laughs> They're yeah. not good. <laughs> You'll never hear me talk about them on the show. Maybe one day we'll do an episode about the concept of just like generally like propaganda television shows that shape the American mind. But yeah. <laughs> it would be painful for me. I was thinking today <laughs> and I don't know that I don't know that this is the exact thing you're talking about, but I was thinking today about how we've talked about doing a person of interest and in Miss Davis show. Uh-huh. And like I, I I really want to hear that one too. Yeah. Yeah. I should go back to person of interest. I'll watch it again. That would be a good conversation too, with all of the like new generative AI tools yeah. coming out across all sorts of platforms. You know, the new Beatles song using AI to like mirror John Lennon's voice, all that yeah. kind of stuff. I think we could have a fun conversation. I'll, I'll uh, move it up to up in the queue <laughs> for you. <laughs> so the other thing that I had that I wanted to mention um, is a little bit of a callback to our video essays episode. It's a callback. Hey, in that episode, hey. <laughs> in that episode, I talked about FD Signifier. I think I brought up, uh, I brought him up in the sense that like, hey, he does a lot of videos uh, like written for and about black people and black culture. 
and like that's a unique place like within mm. the video essay space um, or maybe used to be a unique place in the video essay space. I think I can think of a lot of black creators that are, are kind of doing that kind of thing now. Yeah. He has a channel called <laughs> Signified B-Sides where he just he posts the stuff that like isn't going to work on the main channel, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> and AC, if I say the name Keith Lee, do you know who that is? The food blogger. Yeah, the, yeah, the food blogger. Yeah, the so, TikTok guy. Yeah. Yes, the the food the food reviewer from TikTok. Yeah, yes. the food reviewer from TikTok. He he orders food, sits in his car, and talks yes. very matter of factly about the food that he is uh, eating. And he sends thousands of people to restaurants that he enjoys. Yes. Like he is changing restaurant owners' lives basically every day. Yes, he famously, I think, in the last couple of weeks, has gone to Atlanta or the Atlanta area. Yes. And the service experience that he has had there has started a lot of drama on TikTok. Yeah. And so have the owners <laughs> of the restaurants that he uh, that he visited. <laughs> and it is a whole damn thing. And I, AC, the only reason I know this is because I hear Jonathan's TikToks when he watches them in the room with a speaker <laughs> on next to me. <laughs> That's so funny. I know about this because it's organically in my TikTok feed. And that's just very funny to me that it's for you, it's secondhand knowledge. It's it's firsthand, but it's like forced on me, right? Sure, sure. Jonathan was going to be on this episode and I was fully planning on roasting him with that. But uh, now he'll just have to listen to the episode. Well, <laughs> if there is, if, is there anything better than a slow burn? <laughs> um, but anyway, I know too much about about uh about Keith Lee's time in Atlanta um and uh several people's opinions on it. So when I saw uh FD Signifier make a community post on YouTube that was like, guess I'm gonna have to defend my city. <laughs> um <laughs> I was like, oh boy. And you know, I watched this video and I didn't like hundred percent like agree with his like take on Keith er, yeah. on Keith Lee necessarily. But his point, which was just like purely new knowledge for me, was that like Atlanta is a city with a lot of black wealth, right? Mm -hmm. And that has, and the thing about like wealthy people and the thing about like, you know, people in general is that they want to be around other people like them. He's like, so these yeah. black elites build spaces that they want to be for them. Yeah. And what that turns into is these places with like very, you know, strict rules or like over the top um, presentations and things. And then people generally want to feel like they're a celebrity. So if you're not mm -hmm. a member of the black elite, but you want you, you end up going to these spaces to feel like a member of that part of society. Mm. And so people end up putting up with shit. That's just kind of like, that's meant to make them feel like a celebrity, but it was actually just kind of like bad service. Mm. And he basically, he does this sort of just like socioeconomic breakdown of like why Keith Lee experienced these things and then says, hey, Keith's whole thing is that he doesn't want special treatment. Like that's his yeah. whole brand is I am not a celebrity. I'm just some guy. He basically says almost those exact words in every one of his videos. Yeah. Like if you give me special treatment, I will leave. I'm not interested. And yeah. he says that, like, basically Keith Lee not wanting to be a celebrity was never going to work in Atlanta mm. because of that, you know, the history of it being a place, you know, basically built on black capitalism, uh, which I thought was just like a perspective I never would have put together that um, yeah. was really cool. Yeah, that's not a take I've heard. I find that re that's really interesting. Yeah. So anyway, worth it. The video is called. I have it pulled up here. Um, the real reason Keith Lee wasn't feeling Atlanta. Okay. I'll have to take a watch. Yeah. Take a listen. Check it out. So anyway, 
Those are the couple nuggets I got for you. You want to tell me about hot dogs? Oh, boy, do I, Matt. Okay. <laughs> so I think that, you know, you said we weren't going to get a lore drop in this episode, and I think that that's just not true. Okay. Uh, so here's – we're, we're going to get into both – here's an AC lore drop, and then it's actually going to be, like, a little bit of, like, AC and Matt reminisce for a mm-hmm. minute. Um, so we should start this out by saying I was a vegetarian – for many, many years, for many years. And you were off and um, on a vegetarian after I that. was, yes. I, I, I think like in many ways I was someone who was an opportunist. I never wanted to miss out on an, a food experience because there was meat in the food. Mm-hmm. So I often tried things and if I liked them, I would eat them again. If I went to a restaurant and had a particularly good dish with meat in it, I wasn't averse to eating that dish in that restaurant, but I didn't really make um, like, or cook meat at home. And part of this comes from, I actually, in my household growing up, we did not eat beef or pork products. Mm. So we only ate poultry and fish. Um, and that isn't for any, like, any reason other than my parents don't like beef and pork. Like, that's all that it is. <laughs> they just don't like those things. And so we didn't eat them. So over the course of like my teenage and adult life, as I started to move out into the world and like be relying on my parents' relationship to food for like providing my food, right? Context for feeding a family of four who all needs to eat the same thing for dinner versus, Mm -hmm. you know, me choosing my own dinners at different places. I started to explore and eat meat more. Um, And like we had turkey dogs around the Mm -hmm. house growing up, but I don't think I ever had a proper hot dog until like probably in my early 20s, sometime in college. I don't have like a the first hot dog I ever had memory Mm -hmm. or experience, right? But I do have the hot dog that started it all for me. The one that made me feel like, I want to go back and eat this hot dog again and again and again. You know, um, there there is a, a classic sort of famous hot dog place in Tulsa that is an iconic spot. Um, the Coney Islander chain um, is what it's called. That's Coney I-Lander. <laughs> um, not like Coney Island, the place, Coney Islander. Um, and uh, so I'd eaten Coney's before, you know, Coney's not a new thing to me. Chili dog's not a new thing mm-hmm. to me being in Oklahoma. The hot dog that started it all for me, Matt, is the Dirty Curdy. Yep, it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Dirty Curdy comes from a hot dog stand in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Go pokes. This hot dog stand was called Kazan's, but basically everyone I ever heard it refer to was like the Curdy cart. Or like the hot dog cart on the corner Mm -hmm. on the strip. It actually, I learned as I was researching for this episode that we must have, like we were at the, in the right place at the right time Mm. because the Curdy Shack began in September, 2010. So for context, I turned 21 in February, 2011. So about six months after this hot dog stand opened Mm. and where this hot dog stand was located was on the corner of the main drag of the bars in our college town where Matt and I met. Mm. And honestly, the the thing about the hot dog cart is that it's like it is hot dog carts are (laughs) 
like so iconic to cities like New York City, right? Fast, quick, food on the street. But it's not something I think I ever expected to see in a small rural Oklahoma town of 40,000 people. Certainly, like, you know, the corner shack or the, the gas station having good food is like not any surprise to me. But the hot dog cart specifically was surprising to me and like exciting and I was interested. Um, and honestly, it was also like if you've had the level of alcohol that often gets consumed um, in bars in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where they pour drinks heavy, um, it is also like a, a miracle worker for um, reducing your hangover potential the next yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, Matt, want to hear first before I like give a little bit more of the like history and the lore of the Curdy Shack. Um, what are your memories of the Curdy stand? And did you have a Curdy order? So here's the thing. I went out on the strip like maybe once or twice a month. And that was almost exclusively to College Bar. Yeah. So I was not like, this is like deep Stillwater shit happening right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was not like a Copper Penny or yeah. a Willie's or a Murphy's guy. I went to Murphy's because like occasionally you and Mitch would be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of my drinking happened at uh, RIP the Stonewall. I have I have had a dirty curdy like mm-hmm. two or three times. And I can think of one specific night where I did have one. But I don't have a regular order. I didn't have okay. a regular order. And frankly, I was so drunk most of those times, I do not remember <laughs> what it tasted like. That's so fair. That's so fair. So for me, my go-to order was what's called the Dirty D. So the Dirty D is a beef hot dog with cream cheese, chili, shredded cheese, jalapeno relish, red onions, and then I always got mine with crunch, which meant that it was just crushed up ruffles on the top of the hot dog. Yep. And the chili is like very much akin to like almost a Cincinnati style chili. It's like very heavy in cinnamon Mm -hmm. and more of like a meat sauce than a beans chili, right? Which bean chili is very common in Oklahoma. And that is like the thing that I crave, especially late at night. Um, and I think was a real, like, a turning point for me because I think that, like, despite knowing about, like, Chicago dogs and stuff like mm-hmm. that, I hadn't ever really considered, like, what does it mean to really, like, go for it in terms of hot dog toppings beyond ketchup, mustard, relish, right? Right. And it turns out there's, like, a whole world of hot dogs out there. There's a whole subset of of just chili cheese dogs there's a million variations right Mm -hmm. and there are any number of people who i've had talked to about like oh i'm doing this episode about regional hot dogs they inevitably say oh have you tried the hot dog at x place you need to have this kind of hot dog um and so it really like strikes me as for sure the like history of the hot dog is in like intertwined with the history of the United States, right? We get the uh what what is it? In legally blonde, you look like the 4th of July, yeah. makes me want a hot dog <laughs> real bad, right? It is a very American like ballpark Franks, right? Mm-hmm. Like at 
foot like football and baseball games in particular more than football but like sports events hot dogs are like a central part of our culture as americans but you know they're also of course <laughs> not like originally an american food right they're right. brought over by german immigrants and it's a it's a, a food that has existed for so long and has been so common in the u.s that it's one where like the origins are relatively obscured. People don't really, can't really say for sure, like, when did we start putting hot dogs in buns and selling them out of carts? And, like, mm -hmm. there are early records, but it's not, like, a, like, clear, the first time this happened mm -hmm. was X, Y, and Z time. So I think the other thing for me is that, like, the Curdy Shack in Stillwater, the experience was so much of like the hot dog itself mm -hmm. of being at the bars with your friends. And the thing about the, the hot dog cart was that it opened at 9 p.m. And there were a very limited number of places in Stillwater, Oklahoma, open past 9 or 10 p.m., as you can imagine. So, you know, if you wanted to go to Taco Bell or if you wanted to go to Whataburger you, or, or Taco Bueno, or I guess there wasn't a Taco Bueno. There was just a Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> I got too excited. I was thinking about Taco Bueno. <laughs> Another Oklahoma is fucking to say. <laughs> right. Like you had to rely on either will you were you willing to be uh, dangerous and risk driving after having had some drinks or you had to have a sober driver to get you there, right? There are no meal delivery apps. This is not a time where there is like a wealth of options for late night drunk food in town. And ironically, it's pretty much two places. It's the Curdy Shack and the Coney Island across, across the, street the street from the Curdy Shack. <laughs> Which <laughs> where I you definitely can also have, get chili cheese dogs. I have been there. I have a very fond memory of walking there with our friend Victoria like, we had taken our friends to the bar because we were not 21 yet, and we had drink yeah. at home. And so we walked there, and the uh, I got a feeling from the Black Hat Bees that, like, was new. was, like, brand new. And for some reason, we were listening to it on her phone and just, like, pumping our arms and, like, walking to the to Pony Island. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, like, so, like, this is just, like, so part of it is, like, the line for this, I cannot, like, is, like, a block long yes. in a place where there is never a line that long for food, only for football. Like, if you're standing in a line that long, it's for a sports event, not for a food moment, not for anything else, really. Um, or maybe like a free t-shirt on campus, right? right. <laughs> um, and the thing, the other thing was that she basically served until the line was gone. And she did this year round. It would be January. We are yep. in our coats freezing. It is 20 degrees outside. At one point, this woman who owns the stand is pregnant. And she, I, I'll never forget when she was pregnant and still doing this. And we were all like kind of worried. We were like, are you good to be out here? But like, she really like, she was like, yeah, you know, she, you know, eventually built this up to where like now it's actually like a brick and mortar restaurant that opened in 2015 called the Curdy Shack. Um, and there is still a line down the block in the, at night um, after kids go out to the bar and they still eat these hot dogs, right? 
I dropped a quote in our notes if you want to read it yeah. um, about how the Curdy Shack began. Absolutely. So the Curdy Shack began in September 2010 with a hot dog cart from Craigslist and a dream. And in 2015, they opened up a brick and mortar sto- uh, brick and mortar shop on the strip. It was open from 9 p.m. to, quote, whenever the line ends, sometimes as late as 3 a.m. Kazell didn't give up. She sold 15 hot dogs her first night. After that, Kazell never missed a football game from her cart. She started gaining some regular customers like Curtis, an OSU student. This is nuts. When Curtis came to Kazell's stand on her <laughs> opening night, he had a request. He wanted a hot dog with cream cheese, chili, and cheese. After taking a bite, Curtis was hooked. He asked Kazell whether she would name the hot dog after him. I told him, I'm not going to name it the Curtis dog. That sounds dumb, Kazell said. And he goes... Well, they call me the Dirty Curdy. And I said, oh, Lord, help me. Don't tell me why. And I'll name it after you. <laughs> My God. Curtis, that means if you're listening, you're an icon. We went to school with this man. Yeah, 100%. And like, I knew like at least five guys named Curtis. Like, it's possible mm-hmm. that I know the Curtis of the Dirty Curdy. <laughs> Although I don't know any guys that went by dirty curry <laughs> yeah i wonder if he like 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 knows her and like still uh, you know what i mean like i wonder if yeah, they're in church sure. yeah anyway uh i'd love to catch up with curtis after all these years curtis <laughs> if you're listening uh i'd love to hear more about why you chose cream cheese uh yeah. a very inspired option honestly curtis come on can't let it go yeah, come on, come on the show um, and tell us about like what spoke to you about the like cool, creamy compliment of cream cheese to like the hot dog, the hot chili, the like spicy chili um, alongside the relish and just like mixing all those flavors together. I'd love to hear more. <laughs> uh, incredible. Lord. I'm looking at a photo of Homecoming 2014. This line is (laughs) fucking nuts. Yes. Yes. And it's like, it became a like cultural thing. Like I, as I was going back and looking um, for this episode, I found like tens, like, like more than 10 tweets that are like, had my first dirty curdy in Stillwater. Like finally babies first, like finally trying dirty curdies. And so like, it was this big cultural moment that I feel really connected to, but I also like as a food, it really like changed my opinion about hot dogs in a Mm. significant way. And like, moved them into a category of convenience food that I like became very pro. And like, then the next step for me was that I wasn't just into dirty curdies. I was like regularly eating quick trip hot dogs. Oh, hell yeah. I remember the quick trip hot dog phase. (laughs) I remember that phase. (laughs) Okay. If you're not familiar with quick trip, quick trip is a gas station in the Midwest region, um, including Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you're from Oklahoma, you know Quick Trip lore, which is that Quick Trip is only in the Tulsa area and not in other areas of Oklahoma because of a handshake agreement between the owners of Conoco and the mm-hmm. owners of uh, Quick Trip for distribution or 7-Eleven. It depends yeah. on who you ask um, what the lore is. May or may not be true. Who knows? <laughs> may or may not be true. <laughs> right? I did, AC, I just have to pause. <laughs> I did not expect this episode to be so Oklahoma. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I am Where so do you think my this? love of hot dogs comes from, Matt? <laughs> I feel like uh, hot dogs are such an Oklahoma food, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like they're such a like football games, right? Like and I think about um, 
you know, we were we were talking. I I asked Mac like, what's your like food memories around eating hot dogs? And she was like, for me, it was like always like you know cookouts or like. Mm-hmm. Um, like camping, right? Like hot dogs and hamburgers. And that was never what my family ate when we were camping because we didn't like turkey dogs are fine. They're Mm -hmm. good. If you don't eat beef or pork, they're good. They're just fine. Mm -hmm. They're not as good as a kosher all beef frank. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to be honest. I'll be frank, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I was always a hot dog Um, kid at like family gatherings where there were like hot dogs and hamburgers yeah occasionally i'd have a hamburger but i'd usually have like two hot dogs and be like i'm good do you, are you like hot dog mustard ketchup mayo relish I what do you like to put on, on your hot, hot dog? dog on hot dogs i don't put a lot um okay it's like ketchup and mustard and like mm. if there's shredded cheese i'll put that on there mm-hmm. and if if someone has decided to be kind and provide chopped onions i'll put those on yeah there. Yeah. Uh, but that is rare at that kind of gathering. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I um I'm usually mustard only. Um, mm-hmm. and um back to the quick trip hot dogs, have many memories of like trying to rip mustard packets open with my teeth while driving holding a hot dog in one hand. <laughs> um, because like the thing about quick trip is that it only exists in Tulsa. So I was always like, oh, eating as many quick trip hot dogs as I can while I'm in Tulsa, as is reasonable, you yeah. know, not like not like planning my meals around how many quick trip hot dogs I'm going to get. But for sure, I'm getting one while I'm going from Tulsa, like back to Stillwater mm-hmm. on the drive and usually two, but like just like they come in the plastic, you put them in the pl- plastic clamshells. They've got the plastic clamshells with the buns in the warming drawer. You pull them out, you get a hot dog off the roller. I mean, it's a classic gas station hot dog experience, right? And I don't know what it was that made me so obsessed with them other than just like really, really like hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, actually, I do think there is something about specifically about like roller dogs. Like I could get more detailed about what I think makes mm-hmm. a good hot dog, a boiled hot dog versus a roller hot dog versus grilling a hot dog or microwaving a hot dog. I mean, at the end of the day, all of those are very good. There is not <laughs> a wrong way. Um, I will say I'm not a hot dog cold out of the fridge person. My partner is. <laughs> I am also that person. I wasn't going to say it, but I now have um, some backup. It's it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I know that it's a thing. Jonathan really judges me for it. <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. Um, but you know, to each their own. I try not to knock it. Um, over the years, I've also gone through like a lot of phases. Um, for a while during the pandemic, um, we were eating grown-up kid mac and cheese, where we were making like shells and cheese. Annie's shells and cheese with hot dogs and broccoli. That was why it was grown up. Um, so like, you know how you used to have hot dogs in your mac and cheese when you were a kid. So like that. But then also at the very end, like cutting up like broccoli into small pieces and tossing it in. And then it's more like sausage and broccoli pasta. You know, <laughs> you mm-hmm. can call it that instead of just mac and cheese with hot dogs. <laughs> right. So that's kind of like the 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 starting point for me. The thing that kept me going for a long time was Quick Trip Hot Dogs. And I will say, like, even after all of these years, I still don't, unless I'm going through a phase. Now, there is a specific things that thing that triggers this phase, which is my favorite hot dog in D.C., which I'll get to, to in a second. I don't usually keep hot dogs at home. I don't have a tendency to, like, keep hot dogs around or, like, want to have a hot dog dinner night. I think that for me, it's also a lot about like the ritual experience of eating a hot dog at an event. 
or eating a hot dog um, after having a few drinks with friends. Like I have a really like dear, like fondness and attachment for it to that. So when I go to a bar and I see hot dogs on the bar menu, I get really excited and I will almost always order the hot dog on a bar menu. Um, And I want to give a special shout out to Bunker Club in Oklahoma City, which had a roller hot dog machine behind their bar um, that they would sell with chips. Um, And that was always like doing me a solid, keeping Mm -hmm. me upright. Um, Really, really much appreciated. So yeah, my current favorite hot dog which is the hot dog that starts me on the I need to have hot dogs at home cycle (laughs) Um, is from a bar called Lyman's here in Washington, D.C. Lyman's is has a few hot dogs on their menu, but one of them is called the Jess dog. And the thing about the Jess dog (laughs) is Okay, so you, the, DC has a regional hot dog style. I, I, I didn't. I, I'm not going to neglect our regional hot dog right, theme right. here. <laughs> the regional hot dog style in DC is called a half smoke. It mm-hmm. is a slight that you slice the hot dog most of the way through. You're f- f- uh, cooking it flat on a grill to cook it. Um, so the Jess dog, the hot dog is sliced half smoke style, but it is a beef hot dog. So it's not a, technically a half smoke mm. sausage. Um, and in the cut of the hot dog, they put a pickle spear. So it like completes the cut again. So yeah, it yeah, makes yeah, it yeah, round it. again. Right. And then it's a pickle spear in a hot dog with onions and mustard on top. And it's so good that like I think like pickle spear on a hot dog, right? Not not reinventing the wheel. Chicago's got you there, right? Mm-hmm. But pickle spear in the hot dog felt re- like revelatory to me <laughs> when I saw it for the first time. I was like, <gasps> how have I never thought of this? What a genius way to keep the pickles on the hot dog because I love pickles on a hot dog, but it's so hard to keep the pickles on a hot dog. They don't, they aren't shapes that go together. And this was a genius solve. So um, it's also served with Utz cheese balls, which are like a God tier level hot dog side. (laughs) (laughs) Everything about it rules. Um, They have another of other hot dogs that I do really recommend. Um, Lyman's is a great bar. um, The closest to a dive that I think that I've really found here in DC. That is the right vibe for me. they have pinball. They're really chill. Um, it's great. So highly recommend. Uh, and we'll go the next time you're in D.C., Matt. Sounds great. I'm not going to make you watch this, Matt. But as okay. I was doing my research, um, I would like you to include in the notes for okay. everyone um, this video that I found from the um, National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, which is a real thing <laughs> about hot dog etiquette and how to properly eat a hot dog. Um, you should eat it in five bites. You should not use a knife and a fork. Um, <laughs> I agree on that front. Um, it, it's it's um, it's a pretty entertaining video. It, it's worth a watch, <laughs> um, but it's very weird. <laughs> Do you think it's self aware? I think that it's trying to make be funny, but like oh. in a in a '90s way, and it's or early 2000s. I don't really know. It clearly was made a, at least 15, if not 20 years ago. Right. Let's talk about regional hot dogs more specifically, right? Do so it. regional hot dogs, hot dogs have existed for hundreds of years, right? They originate in Frankfurt, Germany. We call them Frankfurters sometimes because that's where they come from. 
And hot dogs have been eaten for like hundreds of years in the U.S. And so it makes sense that like all these various styles of like bun, sausage, topping begin to originate in different places. And um, actually, one of my favorite things about regional hot dogs is that um, there are a number of regional hot dogs that include like a state or a region name in the name of the hot dog that have nothing to do with the state or region where the hot dog is popular, (laughs) which is so funny. Um, But we'll start with the most straightforward ones. I, uh, and I'm going to give these to you. I would like to know if you have tried these and what your rating for them would be. We'll start with just like a plain hot dog, like a good hot dog at a cookout out of five. Like, what are you giving it? Uh, like, just like a straight up, like a, just like a good hot dog. Um, I'm probably like in an eight, like if we're out of 10 that day. Oh, out of 10? Yeah. I'll take out of 10. I'll take out of 10. Yeah, eight yeah. out of 10? Yeah. 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 I'll give a cookout hot dog, um, depending on the toppings available, it, it could bump up to a nine, but usually I'm sitting around a seven solid hot dog, mustard in yeah. a bun. I'm happy at a if seven. If I've got my typical stuff, I've got mustard, ketchup, like shredded cheese, especially if you've like managed to come up with some chopped onions. I'm like, that's a solid eight. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The onions and like relish, if you have dill relish in particular, you have you don't have sweet relish, you have dill relish on the table. That's moving it up to eight or nine tier mm-hmm. for me. Um, so, you know, the I think there are two classic famous hot dogs, right, for the two big cities in the United States. Uh, the New York style hot dog, right? Sometimes they call it the dirty water dog. Um, that's just the street meat. You know, it's just the street meat. It's the hot dog vendor on the corner. It's a straightforward hot dog for me. A really good New York hot dog gets a six. Um, I like the dirty water dogs. I don't love boiled hot dogs. I prefer grilled or roller hot dogs. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about like a, a New York style hot dog? I'm not there for it. This is like a three for me. It is edible. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, fair, fair. It is intended to be utilitarian, you yeah. know? All right, Chicago dog. So Chicago dog is hot, do- all beef hot dog, yellow mustard, diced onions, pickle relish, tomato slices, a pickle spear, sport peppers, celery salt, all on a poppy seed bun. Now listen, does this sound more appetizing than... The New York style like cart hot dog. Sure. Sure. Do I like pickles at all? No. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. And okay. so this is like a one. Okay. I will say that like, yeah, for the pickle thing for a lot is a sticking point for a lot of people. I love pickles. I actually love pickles <laughs> so much that I have a tattoo of a jar of pickles. Mm-hmm. And I often hear when talking about Chicago dogs, um, why does it have both pickle relish and a pickle spear? Yeah, that's and how like, I feel the, about it. Think it they they it it offers a different taste and a different texture. It's sweet relish and a dill pickle, right? They're different flavor profiles of pickle fundamentally. They're bringing something different to the table. The sport peppers bring a little bit of spiciness. I give a good Chicago dog an eight out of 10. I, I I think for me, I'm not a big tomato slices person. And that's mm. not true. That's a lie. Matt, I'm lying to you. I'm sorry. I, I feel like I, don't. I am a big tomato slices person, but I am very picky about my tomatoes. Oh. I love good tomatoes. In fact, I also have a tattoo 
of a tomato. Um, <laughs> and a radish, very food-centered tattoos. <laughs> and a radish, very... You know, people ask me a lot if I'm a chef, um, and it's starting to add up. I also have lavender tattoos. You know, it's all very... It, it makes sense, uh-huh. you know? But for me, I don't really like the, to- the tomato slice. I understand its role in the flavor profile on the hot dog. It's not for me. Yeah. Um, so just sitting at like an eight. Still pretty high ranking. You know, I'm I'm really tipping the scales for myself in that we're talking about hot dogs, right. which are one of my favorite They're always going to be high so. up on the list. I have, to, I have to interrupt and ask, you're aware of pickle in the fridge? Pickle in the fridge? No. You're aware of sitting, the opposite of oh, standing? Oh, sitting is the opposite of standing, yes. You're, you, you know the song Pickle in the Fridge? No. I'm just going to share it with you and maybe okay. I'll put it in the episode. Incredible. You can I watch that now or later. I'm going to watch it right now. I got a pickle in the fridge. I got my wife all over me. But there's a pickle in the fridge. When my wife is at work, I touch the pickle in the fridge. When my wife is at home, I do not touch the pickle in the fridge. Because there's a pickle in the fridge. I'm going to punch you in my teeth. But if my wife says me to that. You're gonna be so mad at me. When my wife might be go at the store, she put a pickle in the fridge. Oh my god. This is such a vibe. Brian Jordan Alvarez. You should watch the Incredible. Uh, you should watch Caleb Gaia on YouTube. If, <laughs> okay, if you have okay. not uh, can't let it go, people, the, you should watch that. Anyway, that's a little diversion because that's what the jar of pickles are. Honestly, so, so good. Thank you for introducing that. Brian to me. Jordan Alvarez on TikTok, uh, the creator of Sitting is the Opposite of Standing, um, yes. and also the creator yes. of The Gay and Wondrous Life of C- Caleb Gaia. Yes, yes. Anyway, um, to the next anyway, hot dog. <laughs> to the next hot dog. All right, so the chili cheese dog. You know, the chili cheese dog is a hot dog that has many, many different regional iterations. Mm-hmm. You've got your Texas style with Texas style chili. You know, you've got your finely shredded cheddar cheese. These are also like Oklahoma style conies to me that you could get at the Coney Islander. Now, I will say the thing about the Coney Islander that made it so special was you would get an order of chili cheese dogs, two on a tiny little styrofoam tray, um, just absolutely loaded with a mountain of shredded cheddar cheese that really like hits the spot. And like many styles of chili cheese dogs it was very much in the like genre of meat sauce chili not like a substantial chili so it's very much like a sauce for the hot dog and god tier i'm gonna give a rating for coney islander and i have context yeah as a kid these would have been a 10 yeah uh my late aunt one of her favorite restaurants was coney islander so Anytime she would come to Tulsa, that was what we had to eat. And the last time she came to Tulsa, she came to visit us at our house. And we had to make sure that we had Coney Islander for her. And we sure did. And it was then that I realized that Coney Islander is about a six for me these days. Yeah. Yeah. But it was was not for me. It was for a person (laughs) that I loved. And uh, Jonathan famously will not eat Coney Islander. He does. Okay. It's like a zero. (laughs) But... I do understand the appeal. I think for yeah. me is it has the same like uh, the reason it's a six is it has that same like soggy waterman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like min, mm-hmm. like kind of oeuvre that the yeah. the New York hot dog has. 
you do have to eat them very quickly. Yes, yes, very much so. This is a common, like, a common blunder for a hot dog is that the bun is overly sogged. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be disaster really fast. Although it is interesting that, like, that's part of, like, the strategy, right, of course, right. for hot dog eating contests, right, is to, like, break down that bread faster by dipping the hot dog in water. I'm not going to talk about hot dog eating contests any more than that because they actually, even as a person who loves hot dogs, fully They're gross. gross me out. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting. I cannot handle it. I do not like competitive eating. It makes me blech. Mm-hmm. blech. Okay. I will say I will give Coney Islander in Tulsa, I, I think a six is a fair score. I love them. Mm-hmm. Cultural icons that they are. Not my favorite version of a chili dog. Right. Agreed. Skyline chili dogs, which are with Cincinnati Skyline chili, I give a seven, but that's because I particularly like Skyline chili. I give the overall concept of like a well-executed chili dog a nine. Mm -hmm. I think that it is like at its peak form. It is maybe the best way to eat a hot dog. I mean, like, I'm giving the Curdy Shack a 10, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that is a version of a chili cheese dog. But, like, even, I, I don't know. I think there's also just something so Oklahoma about, like, you know, like the the walking taco, Frito chili pie, chili cheese dog culture that, like, mm-hmm. I really wasn't part of when I was younger because I didn't eat beef and I didn't eat pork. And those two things are essential to mm-hmm. most chili cheese dog combinations. Yeah. And um, like as an adult, like I really I love both of those things. And I'm so glad that I enjoy them now. And I do kind of like miss some of the like I think as a kid, I would have given Coney Islander a 10. Right. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have it until later in life. And I don't have that same nostalgia attachment that I do for. The Curdy Shack, although I will say in Stillwater, I often, if it was like before 9 p.m., which it is for most of the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> or like a Sunday or a Monday night when the cart wasn't out, mm-hmm. I would go to Coney Islander to get my chili <laughs> cheese dog fix. I will say um, a good chili cheese dog, I can be down, like I can be like, this is a nine. I would say it's different than like my yeah my eight of my like just like good backyard hot dog. Yeah. I do enjoy that. The problem is I haven't had a really great one in a long time. The mm. most recent time I've had one I'm thinking about is like a Sonic chili cheese dog. Mm. Good oh for what God. it is, but not the same. Oh, a Sonic chili cheese dog could save my whole day. <laughs> I, the Sonic, Sonic chili cheese, actually it's Sonic chili cheese tots for me more than the hot mm-hmm. dog. That like if I'm having a terrible day, that would be like a go-to, like mm-hmm. I got to feel better about it. Um, you know, that was one of my my go to menu. Items. The problem with Sonic's hot dogs is the hot dog itself mm-hmm. is not very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but you're right, chili cheese tots, absolutely about it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think like the thing that saves it is the just like whatever broiler that they have mm-hmm. to melt the cheese in the way that they do is always so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the chili and the hot dogs are both pretty subpar. Yep. The tots are when they're right, they're right, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah. Okay. And then, of course, the other iconic chili cheese dog, the Half Smoke, the DC Half Smoke. I, I think I actually don't love the iconic Ben's Chili Bowl um, DC Half Smoke chili cheese dog as much as I thought that I would, but I learned, I figured out why. 
it's because it is a beef and pork hot dog mm. um, with chili onions and mustard. I prefer an all beef hot dog. A kosher all beef hot dog is my top. Um, that's just what I really like. I really love a Nathan's or a Ballpark Frank's yep. all beef kosher. That's what I'm really going for. I still, uh, I managed to live in the area for five years and not have a Ben's Chili Bowl style half smoke. Um, what? I know. Um, <laughs> I've eaten a Ben's Chili Bowl, but have not had okay. that. And I don't all know right. how I got away with it. I have I have had a half smoke at half smoke. Sure. It's on the street from my house. Yeah. And it's it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's passable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm like, that's not, that's not bad food. That's like a seven. I'll eat it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's worth noting, right? Like the reason why I prefer an all beef hot dog is because I actually just don't really like pork. I seem to have inherited that trait. And then like what I'm about to say about the next hot dog that we're going to talk about is going to throw you for a curveball because it is <laughs> wrapped in bacon and the Sonoran hot dog does get a 10 out of 10 for me. Wow. Just absolutely Okay, so a Sonoran hot dog is like a – these are a regional hot dog um, of the Tucson, Arizona area, okay? okay? And I just want to be like very proud of myself that I correctly said Tucson, Arizona right now because the thing that lives – in one of the things that lives in my brain – you know the trend that's going around TikTok right now? Like what's something that the internet ruined for you, like how you say it? For me, it's um, what we do in the shadows um, and Tucson, Arizona. Um <laughs> That's just um, that I didn't do that on the first take. Uh, I'm very proud of myself. AC, so. I just bought a Hyundai Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait to ride in your Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> this is how we speak in Tucson, Arizona. Okay, so the Sonoran hot dog. I actually, okay, I won't say that I took a vacation specifically to try this hot dog. But earlier this year, um, while deciding where to go on a trip with my friend, our friend Maddie, um, I was like looking at different locations, doing some like food tourism looking, like where could I do some food tourism near like a national park because we both like to hike and like what's something where interesting I've never really been and explored a lot and that place is Tucson Arizona where there is this you know a number of national parks very close by including the Sonoran Desert National Park where you can go to see the saguaros and also they have a very regionally specific hot dog called the Sonoran dog the Sonoran dog is a sliced bun or a roll Um, the hot dog is then wrapped in bacon and fried. And then it's topped with avocado, pinto beans, onions, tomatoes, and mayonnaise. And it, and then it often comes with like salsa. I also had it with shredded cheese on it in one of the hot dog stands that I got it at. And I I don't know. It's one of the best things I've ever eaten. I mean, I think the things about the hot dogs that I really like love and crave is that they often take a hot dog, a food that I love, and they put another food that I love on it. So, for example, the Jess dog, pickles, Mm -hmm. knockout. I love cream cheese. You know, the the cream cheese and then the chips on the Dirty Curdy really make for like very much like a dip experience. It's genius Mm -hmm. salty sweet i think like the hot dogs that i have the most fun with or that i enjoy the most are also always like a very strong combination of like textures and flavors Mm -hmm. they're doing like a lot to bring like play on the flavor of the beef and it's also not that fucking deep it's a bacon wrapped hot dog it's good (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) my my problem with this hot dog is the pinto beans 
Mm, I'm just okay to begin with. I'm not really into pinto beans that are not refried. I yeah okay. Um, but so too, like with the other flavors, I'm not sure how it works. They're also not just like it's not just like random beans. It's kind of like like I I would say like barracho bean adjacent, right? It's like clearly like they're not refried, but they're like cooked and sort of in like a brown like sauce, you know, a pinto right. bean sauce kind of thing. Um very like has a lot of like cumin or like you know other mm. like sort of like mexican spices right this is very much a like regional mexican hot dog that made it across the border into to choose that across the border borders aren't real um <laughs> it's as indigenous to that part of right. the country as it is to that right. part of mexico so um yeah i i mean this hot dog um I also there. So I had this hot dog twice while I was in Tucson. I was there for about five days and um, I had them from two different, like literally roadside stands type places. Right. One um, like in a parking lot so dark, I could not see the ends of my arms (laughs) until you walked into this little like seating area that they have. Um, And it's truly just like a trailer with a seating area in the middle of a dark parking lot with no lights. Um, It was incredible. (laughs) It's that good. (laughs) It's extremely good. And I mean, I think the other thing that's like worth noting here is it, 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 I think like the, one of the things that can't be overstated about Coney Islander or New York style hot dogs or any sort of hot dog is that like, there is something about the hot dog. It is a poor man's food, right? Mm-hmm. Like sausage is already a poor man's food. It is the remnants of meat that are ground up and put into a casing and then, you know, either cured or preserved in some way for them to last a long time and for them to be really accessible, right? And so the hot dog in the bun is like, it's a food on the go. It is very working class, right? It is very like inexpensive right so i mean i think that how these places get business is like that doesn't matter to people who aren't (laughs) aren't worried about those kinds of things right and also like it's open during the day too i just happened to be there at night (laughs) and then the other one was literally like you know like a truck on the side of the road after we went hiking in an area i was like um, there's a truck over there. It says they have hot dogs. Let's go. <laughs> um, right. And it was great. It was super good. So Sonoran hot dogs, 10 out of 10 worth it to travel to Tucson, Arizona, just to eat a Sonoran hot dog. But also worth saying that Tucson, Arizona has like a beautiful food culture and there's like a ton of other very cool. Um, it's a UNESCO world heritage food site. Now, um, a lot of other reasons to visit Tucson, very interesting and cool area. All right. So, I mean, th- there are some others that are like, I don't know. It feels like a little weird to call them regional hot dogs to me. These just seem like other preparations of hot dogs that are not uncommon, but just maybe more common in the area, right? Like an Italian style dog from New Jersey, right? It's got like a split Italian roll, fried peppers. Sometimes it has fries or potatoes and like onions on it. And that is pretty unique to that area. I have had this style of hot dog. I give it like a five. I prefer my fries on the side. I got to say, I don't really, or potatoes on the side. I love potatoes. No knock to potatoes, but not my favorite type of hot dog. Then, then when I was like looking at this, I guess they call it a Carolina dog when it has slaw on it. Um, 
to me, a Carolina dog is a cookout hot dog yeah. <laughs> with ketchup and mustard. <laughs> yeah. But um, and and I mean cookout the restaurant cookout, not cookout like a cookout cookout. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so you know, I don't really know. But sometimes people eat coleslaw on a hot dog, and I guess it's called a Carolina dog. It's good. I like it. Um, I'll also give it a five. I think the Carolina dog, the slaw dog, suffers from some of the um, aforementioned sogginess that we've talked about before. I think it suffers from the slaw. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like generally, um, I'm just not a fan. Now, I will say in Kansas City, I have had a Reuben dog, um, which is like a Reuben sandwich with like the sauerkraut and things like that. Um, but it's a hot dog instead of pastrami. And that I give like a solid seven out of 10, like nice. very good. Um, you got a little bit of the sauerkraut. You got a little bit of the other stuff going on. Um, and today, um, when I mentioned to a friend that I was doing the hot dog episode, they're from Philly and they were like, oh, have you ever had a chili cheese dog with sauerkraut on it? Um, and I said that I hadn't, I'd had one of these, but, uh, haven't had the sauerkraut dog. And I, so I gotta, now I gotta try that. Cause that yeah. sounds good. I am. I love sauerkraut. sauerkraut. Is like a sometimes thing for sure. me. Uh, like I just have to be in the right mood for it. But that on chili cheese dog sounds great. Yeah, yeah. Something cool, crunchy, tangy. Yeah. Um, if you don't like a pickle, a great pickle alternative. Um, and my thing about sauerkraut is, I also am a sometimes sauerkraut person. But it depends on how much fennel seeds is in is fennel is in your sauerkraut recipe. I don't love fennel. Mm-hmm. I like it. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. So those are, that's like a a quick brief rundown of the hot dogs that I have tried that I not identified as regional hot dogs. There are several others, many others. Maybe you, the listener, have a favorite regional hot dog that's specific to the place that you're from that I haven't tried yet. I'd love to hear about it. Please tell me about your favorite hot dogs. I want to make them and try them (laughs) myself. Um, What I am really having to stop myself from doing, Matt, is... um, one, I have a list of like 10 saved TikToks that are hot dog related that I saved just for the liner notes of this episode that I will send to you later. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that TikTok has started showing me is Danish Danish or Austrian like French style hot dogs. Huh. And it is taking so much of my willpower now that I have a passport and I'm able to legally travel out of this country to not buy a plane ticket and fly to another country to try <laughs> a hot dog style, which I think is a little extreme, even for me, a person who used to drive four hours just to eat like in and out or any other random food from the right. Dallas area that I couldn't <laughs> get in Oklahoma City. Um, but the thing about these Danish and like Austrian French style hot dogs is what they are is like a loaf of bread that has been hollowed out and filled with either mayo or cheese and then they put the hot dog in so there is this um person um oh my god who has yes who has an entire series of like all these different global hot dogs and apparently this hot dog is very popular in Denmark. The Denmark specific one has like a specific like style of mustard on it that has curry powder in it. Um, but I've also seen a version with cheese. But basically they're hollowing out a baguette and then they are dr- putting in an, a massive amount of this sauce and then putting in a grilled sausage, a grilled hot dog. It 
I cannot overstate how good this looks to me. Apparently, it is like an extremely common Danish street food. I need to try it with urgency. You can um, make and this so like I'm going home. to. I am going to. It's on. It's on my um, my to do list. Um, is to make these one night. Um, but I also do want to like go to Denmark to try these. I would um, like to go to Denmark to go to Denmark. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, I've heard there's there. lots of other stuff to do there. <laughs> like, it's an interesting place, a whole country where <laughs> I know met a number of people who have li- who've lived there. And, you know, it'd be great to go for other reasons, but um, also specifically to eat this hot dog. This looks incredible. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's To me, the idea of it being wrapped in wrapped in the bread like a reminds me yeah. of like a corn dog or like a kolache yeah. or something like that you know what i mean now i will say i have a controversial opinion i Which do is? not like corn dogs That's corn okay. dogs are a no for me um i don't like sweet corn yeah and corn dog breading is very sweet now i know corn itself is sweet but i like a sweet and savory combo and you might be saying like but the hot dog is the savory element, but the cornbread like that covers uh, the corn batter is just too sweet for me to. This um, is why really I'm like a it. big fan of cornbread. Mm. It's too sweet. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So then the other, like, I think hot dog that I'm very, two hot dogs that I'm very interested in trying are like the like Latin American and South American. Well, yeah, Latin American and South American regions, which is, of course, um, why we were going to potentially have Jonathan <laughs> on the show. Uh, wow, this looks phenomenal, and I would like to try this sometime when he when I'm around and he can make it for me. That's that's the one that he likes, but I'll I'll definitely ask him to both describe it and and give us a rating for uh, yes. for the show. Yes, so, incredible. Well, the thing is, like, I made two different types of hot dogs, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, there's one where I'm like, I really want to feel like I'm in Colombia and, like, I want a real Colombian uh, hot dog. And that is, like, you know, you put, um, you get a bun, you have a hot dog, then you have pineapple sauce, then you have um, a pink sauce, which I, I want to think that is, like, mayonnaise and ketchup combined together, but I think it has something else. I can't describe it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you chop onions like very finely and then you put onions there. You grab a bag of chips, just like a regular lace, like, like regular chips. And then you crumble them really, 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 really low. And then you like sprinkle on top. And then you grab mozzarella cheese and then you put that mozzarella cheese on top. That's like when I want to feel like really Colombian, right? Mozzarella? Yes. Specifically? Yep. Well, I mean, it, it can be other granulated cheese, but like mozzarella works best. Or like that's what I grew up eating. And then obviously being here in the United States and like, you know, trying to like make my own style of hot dog when I go to like our friend's house and, you know, they have hamburgers and hot dogs and everybody looks at me weird because I put all these things in my hot dog. So I just put like, you know, pink sauce and then I um, sprinkle it with a lot lot of like um, chips and then I'll eat it that way. It's just like the crunchiness of it is like the texture and it's just like it's, it's, it's very delicious. Like my favorite part of it is the chips. If depending on where you go in Colombia, right, they will put quail eggs. They will put like they make it authentic to like their own like region to it. And so whatever the region is like famous for, they will add that. I've definitely had quail eggs on my on my hot dog and things. So that obviously it's like this is this was long long time ago. Do you remember that truck in DC 
where, where we went and like I just went crazy because it's like she made me a Colombian hot dog and I was I was like a little kid in a candy shop. It was so good. Um, and she put everything that like, you know, they put in the Colombia hot dog except for like the quail eggs. Right. But like the way that she made my hot dog, it was just like, yes, that is literally. And, and I think I told you, it's like it's just like the sweetness of it, the saltiness of it, um, the sauces is just like. I don't know. It's just like it, it, they just taste good. Potato chips make everything better, right? Or even like I put, you see me, I put potato chips on everything. You put it on a sandwich. I put it in a sandwich, in a turkey sandwich, because it's like, it's just like that crunchiness. I put it on, a, on like in a hamburger because it's just so good. But yeah, when it comes to hot dogs, that's how I like to eat mine. And like, obviously, when, when we go to Colombia, uh, you're going to get to try like, the real authentic hot dog, and it's going to be so good. Yes, and then there's the Chilean completo dog, which a friend has told me about a number of times. There's also apparently a Chilean place here in D.C. where you can get these that I have not been to yet. But the Chilean completo has like onions, tomatoes, mayo, um, or mustard, or ketchup, or whatever. Um, and then it has um, smashed avocado on it, smeared on the top. Um, so I have very never curious. had avocado on a hot dog. I do love avocado yeah. and I do love hot yeah. dogs. So that's probably yes. a good move. Yeah. And then there's like a category of hot dogs, which if you write to me and you tell me that you want me to try them and it falls into this category of hot dog, I tell you, sadly, I won't be trying that, but I love that you love it. <laughs> um, and that is any sort of hot dog that uses like a red hot sausage. So red hot so style sausage is a specific style of sausage that is more common in like the northeast part of the United States. Um, you know, it has that red casing. It's known for its snap. Um, and it just is not a style of hot dog that I like. As I've said a number of times, you know it, you love it. I love an all beef hot dog. Um, and that is not what this is. So yeah. um, in places like upstate New York and Rochester, you know, you have hot dogs like the red and white hots. You have um, uh, the upstate New York regional hot dog, the Michigan Red Hot. <laughs> Again, not not from Michigan, from upstate New York. Um, in Rhode Island, you have a hot dog called the New York System, um, which uses the same kind of hot dog. And um, in Maine, Red Dogs is the name of, of the hot dog in that area. And so, you know, those are just not really hot dogs that I'm looking to try because I don't like the sausage that the hot dog is based around. Um, but if you have an all beef <laughs> hot dog you'd like to try, or a beef and pork blend, I'll take a beef and pork blend, yeah. but I prefer an all beef hot dog um, you'd like for me to recommend, um, I am interested in trying it. And like, I think at the end of the day, the thing for me about regional hot dogs, regional food in general is like, I love the ways that people build cultural experiences around food, regardless of like what that is and the way that those foods become tied to identity. And I think that like the Costco hot dog is a great example of this. It is a cultural icon. I love a Costco hot dog. And like there's also something to be said about like how you go shopping in a store and the reward at the end and like right. it's intentionally designed for you to like feel rewarded and like to spend more time there like at another touch point after you finish right. checking out. Uh, the Adam but, Conover recently did a video on the Costco hot dog. Like, <laughs> correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You should watch Adam Conover's yeah. video on the Costco hot dog. Um, you know, but I think that like 
when we were making this episode, I think you heard me say in the, in the teaser for this, I got scooped by the New York Times, right? There was a whole New York Times write-up about regional hot dogs recently. And like, I, I am calling it now, like, I think that hot dogs are set to be the next, like, trendy food next summer for like what people are like making at home, inventing, reinventing or like really focused on or elevating, you know, and I think that that's even already happening in some places. I was telling someone about this episode and they were like, oh, you have to go try the Wagyu beef hot dog at Silver Leon, this fancy cocktail bar in DC. And like, there, there is very much this like nostalgia um, that's happening in food right now, this trend towards these foods that are workmen's foods or, mm-hmm. you know, lower income foods. Think tinned fish, think pickles, think preserves, think any like canning and jarring and all of these food trends that are oriented around things that were popular for our parents or our grandparents because of the cost, because they were low cost foods to eat. Um, And there is something humble and delightful about a gas station hot dog. You know, there is something straightforward and joyful about eating a hot dog at a baseball game or a soccer game. I am, you will always see me at my happiest when I'm like, oh, I'm getting a hot dog at a sporting event, you know, mm-hmm. like, or, oh, there's like this place around the corner that just like has great hot dogs. I want you to take me there. And like, I think that it's so much of my trying to let go of the snobbery that I have had about food in the past and like the ways that growing up in a household where like I was taught to cook by a parent who really likes like kind of fancy cooking and like not mm-hmm. even fancy like he likes cultural experiences outside of like the norm experiences of like the people growing up around me but not this not this kind of like americana whatever mm-hmm. um and i don't know i just think that there's something simple and hum- like i said humble and straightforward about it and like it's also you know, it, if we're if we're talking about themes, uh, doing a callback, whatever, hot dogs are a safe place to land. You know, <laughs> it's straightforward. Kids like them. Adults like them. You know, and there are it, there's an iteration for everyone. Right. Yeah. Veggie dogs are more ubiquitous now. They're better than they've ever been. There are options for chicken or turkey or any sort of thing. Sausage itself is like a whole category of food and food group. Say, and it's ubiquitous across kind of the world. Out, we like left out brats this entire thing, which is <laughs> we not a hot about dog, brats at all. Like, it is a whole other realm of food. But like from brats to in, you know, fish sausages in, in, you know, Eastern Asia and in other parts of the world in, in like Norway and Finland, fish sausages, all of these types of ways of preserving and eating every last bit of the, of the meat that you consume. I think that like, if there's one place that I'm both terrified to go to and I now like have regret that I no longer live in the region where it would be easy for me to visit is, you know, the hot dog factory in Amarillo, Texas. No, but tell me more. 
Okay, so if you drive through Amarillo, as I have many, many times in my life, driving from Oklahoma to Colorado or New Mexico or wherever in the West you are going, straight through the panhandle of Texas, as you drive to the other side of Amarillo and you get to the Stockyards area, there is basically signs for like a tour of a hot dog factory. And like, yes, I'll be the first to say I do not want to see how the sausage gets made. But they do offer a free hot dog at the end of the tour. And I feel kind of like that's an experience that I've missed out on. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. That's I just I'm always thinking about a hot dog. Where am I going to get my next hot dog? You know, usually the answer is Costco. So. It's usually where I eat hot dogs these days. We usually keep hot dogs in the house because either Phoenix will eat them or I'll make like a assemble lunch with hot dogs. Yeah. So Phoenix is the dog for people that are not aware. Uh, Phoenix is the ghost that lives in Matt's house. That's all I've got to say about hot dogs, Matt. Incredible. I love it. I love a short episode after a two-hour hey. epic about Sufjan Stevens. I love a lighthearted <laughs> episode after a two-hour epic about Sufjan Stevens. So I think I sent you a, uh, like, hey, what if we just lightly kept to this schedule for the next little bit? And so I think yeah. we know at least next week, if not, or next time, if not the time after as well. Yeah. We alluded to it a bit before, but... We're ready. AC unlocked something in my brain when they said they were playing Marvel Snap. And uh, I let them know, or actually apologized <laughs> for <laughs> uh, for mm-hmm. them getting into Marvel Snap. And uh, turns out I have a lot of uh, things to explain. And so we're going to talk about free-to-play games more generally, but also uh, my experience with Marvel Snap Yeah. Uh, next week. And uh, if you're not the kind of person who like pays for things in video games... Um, like me, you're going to learn a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I have a lot to learn. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, uh, the episode after that, we're going to do Barbie, which I'm very excited about. Hi Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, the Matt and AC Barbie episode. We've been promising it for long enough and now it's finally coming to ears near you. I hope your ears are always near you. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. Well, maybe there's ears on other people that you need to tell oh, about sure, can't let true. it go so that true. they can hear it as well. Yes. Yeah. That said, let's close out the show. AC, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can still find me at that great website that I built all by myself (laughs) with a little help from our not-sponsored friends at Squarespace. Um, But, you know, Squarespace, hit me up if you want to sponsor the show. ACFACI.com. That's A-C-F-A-C-C-I.com. Yep. And you can find me at matthorton.live. You can always find the show at can'tletitgo.gay as well as Instagram threads and TikTok at Ant can't bleh, at can't let it go dot gay thank you to the worst garbage for having us it's the worst garbage dot online you can go to that website and go to our website you can find the link to the discord where you can hang out with us in the can't let it go channel it's been quite active after the metal gear solid episode because there's a yes. lot of gamer feelings <laughs> wow and thank you friends for sharing your metal gear solid yes. memes with me i didn't understand any of them <laughs> I am so happy that people are like enjoying that episode and 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 uh, participating in discussion. It makes me really excited to just see people engage with the stuff that we make. Yeah, it's really it's really fun. Thank you to Scout for our art. You can pay her to make you some art at ko-fi.com slash humblegoat. That's ko-fi.com slash humblegoat. Um, and shout out to Ethan at Pragmatism on Twitter. 
Uh, he just released an album Woo! Uh, that I'll link to in the show notes uh, under the name Ethan. It's called Primer. It is real good. Uh, like furthers the stuff that I like about the music he makes. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, we will talk to you next time. Talk to you soon. Oh my God, I haven't talked about the Costco hot dog yet. Shit.